If you'd like to contact the show, send us an email at liveonfourlegspodcast at gmail.com or get involved in the conversation on social media. Join the Pearl Jam Podcast community group on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at Live on Four Legs Pod. All right, uh, we're going to give Stone a rest for just a few minutes so he can get his thoughts together. And uh, uh, we have a very. You know, the ironic thing is, is he was the, the one that was most excited to play tonight. <laughs> So we're gonna uh, play a song without him. And it goes like this. And away we go. You're listening to Live on Four Legs, the live Pearl Jam podcast experience featuring. Mr. Stone Gossip! Fucking camera in the truck. everybody now welcome to live on four legs a definitive live pearl jam podcast and another week goes by and we're still celebrating the deep catalog yeah deep.pearljam.com they have everything from the years 2000 2003 2008 and 2013 and a little bit of something extra with leads 2014 and if you haven't been taking advantage of that and over at spotify then i don't know what you're doing because the bootlegs there have been fantastic and uh, we just thought this month would be a really good time to just kind of celebrate it and celebrate those years and celebrate those tours so today what we're going to do is we're going to go back to the 2000 tour, which last week, it was actually Binaural's 21st birthday. So we're celebrating it a little bit late, but that's kind of what we do here on the show. Sometimes we just get to things just a tad bit late, and uh, well, that's where we're going to get into the show now. Randy Sobel over here, John Farrer over there. Hello. Yo, uh, 2000, huh? Feels like a bit of time since we've done 2000 proper. Yeah. Yeah. I know we did like Ice Bowl, but that kind of sometimes when you do more of a gimmicky show, it doesn't feel like you're focusing on the year as much. That's true. Yeah, you know, you get some of these shows that are known for for other things than just the set list. So, yeah, this is this is a good listen. Yeah, this is one of the ones that actually wrote the the summary on for Deep. So, this was fun to kind of go back and listen to. And this was one that, you know, one of the ones that I, I'd never really dug into before. I, I didn't have the CDs or anything back when they came out. So, yeah, taking advantage of that uh, that new site and checking it out. I hope people are. And and you mentioned the CDs, and I, I think it's really interesting, especially where this show is placed in 2000. And this is the opener 
of the second leg and we all kind of know what happened on the first u.s leg and and there was a, you know a little it was a little bit of a a trying time and and they were still trying to figure out what they were going to be after ross killed and and there were a lot of emotional moments there were a lot of just question marks that were out there but at around this time on september 26th of 2000 they started to release all of the european tour bootlegs uh from the earlier leg and uh that's really when it all kind of people that were out of it for a couple of years from no code people started to kind of ease back into this and and started to kind of see what their live act was for people that never seen them before like pick up the cd over at best buy circuit city whatever your big box store is that was a way for people to connect with them and it's interesting that now we've kind of you know 20 one years later have gotten to the point where the the next phase of this is getting the bootlegs kind of on Pearl Jam's website in almost the same kind of fashion where they're all accessible to us. Yeah, it's it's interesting to kind of draw a line between that. There is some similarity. And yeah, I remember when those when those came out, I think it was they were pretty cheap too. I think it was just ten or eleven bucks for like a double C D. Yeah, they sold them at retail. So, yeah, and it was it was a big thing too because, you know, I was I was not out of Pearl Jam, but like I would I would dip in and out, you know, when the new album came out and you know, when I saw them in 98, that was kind of like, oh, I'm kind of done now. Like, I was because I was getting way into punk rock and hardcore and all that kind of stuff. And, oh, uh, you know, I, I like Pearl Jam when I was a kid. And, like, I'm probably, probably just going to grow out of that. But getting those, seeing those bootlegs kind of, like, drew me back in a little bit. Like you said, like, you're looking at the songs and they're the set list. That was people when kind of people kind of realized that they were doing different set lists every night. And you would go find the ones that had the songs you wanted. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just, just a way to kind of thrust them back into the, the spotlight because no one had ever done that before. No one had ever released that many bootlegs on CDs at, at officially at one time. So, yeah, it was something that a lot of people took notice of. Yeah, ab- absolutely. And especially, like, when you looked at the Billboard charts of that time, you have things like Katowice and Verona and popular shows from 2000 that are hitting, like, 110 on the Billboard charts. Like, they, I think they had, like, five or six that were charted at one time, which is kind of incredible. But, yeah, I mean, if you're selling things for $10, $11 a piece, then people are going to go in and buy whatever you got and basically – it's the equivalent of buying like three or four CDs, buying six of them. So, uh, yeah, like that, that was a great facet to, to kind of get them back into the fold and, and get them back on people's radars a little bit. Cause you really feel like in 2003 is sort of, you know, their toy. I, I don't want to say breakout because they've already broken out, but like it's when everybody knows you have to go see them at that point. And I think the bootlegs that were released had a lot to do with that. Absolutely. Yeah. It, it kind of, it piqued people's interest. A lot of people that maybe would have checked out were drawn back in, you know, like me. And, uh, and here we are, you know, 21 years later. So yeah, yeah it's, uh, it's, yeah, it's an interesting time. It's, I mean, you, well, you know, you, you wonder like, where would they be if they hadn't done that? Cause I think the band has talked about that too. Like that kind of set everything up for kind of like the modern era that we know of today, because yeah, like it's, it's, it's happening all over again right now. And, you know, this next tour, when they come back, you know, and the, the way it's been, you know, you get, you get access to that, to that download hours after the show. So sure. it's, it's just grown and grown. 
Yeah, and especially like from the from the standpoint of uh, take a, a show like Katowice, a great show that had a lot of rare moments and rare songs in it. Like that's to to see that and to see a lot of people go out and buy something like that and kind of go on the boards and kind of get those recommendations, go to Five Horizons, get those recommendations. Uh, like they see that and they're like, okay, well, 2003, we have all these songs that are kind of left off the table. All these people are going to be out buying bootlegs for 2003. Bring back, you know, Why Go and and uh, Garden and Blood and all these other songs that they weren't playing on this tour. So I think that had a lot to do with it. But that's interesting. Uh, yeah. So did the did the release of the bootlegs influence them into bringing back some of those rare songs? And because knowing, because you know. Ed mentions that all the time in these shows, like, "Oh, we're gonna, we, we won't put that on the bootleg." Or, "Oh, right, you know, yeah. when, when when you listen to this, you know, he knows, you know, they're conscious of it." So, yeah, yeah that's that's interesting. I never thought of that. That the releasing those might be a, a catalyst for kind of bringing back some of the rare songs. That's interesting. I do want to talk a little bit about just the year as well, because, like I mentioned before, we're starting off a brand new leg and it's going to be different than the last leg. The last leg had just kind of a lot of emotion to it and a lot of emotional moments. They kind of didn't really know what direction they were headed in. And, and it was kind of therapeutic in a way. Ed kind of mentioned it was great having Sonic Youth open up for them for, for most of the legs. So they were able to kind of help them through it and work through it with them. Uh, but it felt like they were kind of ready to go at this show. And it felt like after a month off, the whole idea of being back on tour was comfortable with them at this point. Yeah. You know, they, they gotten through the whole first leg without incident. So you kind of like, I think they were kind of starting to get their, get their legs back under them and kind of fall back into those kind of habits that you get into when you're in a band, like you kind of return to a little bit of normalcy I mean, not that you forget ever what happened, but you kind of like get back into the routine of, okay, we're, we're playing a show. We're going to the next town. We're playing a show. We're going to the next town. We're playing a show. And like you kind of, it, I mean, it's, they've done hundreds and hundreds of shows at this point. So they, they've, they've got the familiar familiarity where that they can, they can jump back into it with ease. So I think, yeah, this, they were starting to get a little more, bit more relaxed with, with the situation. They, they'd obviously taken a lot more control over, everything around them and they you know they weren't playing festivals so yeah it's they were they were kind of getting back into a routine i think yep that's kind of and and you kind of see with uh I'll, I'll make the point later in the show but there's is a little bit of a weight lifted off their back in this and you know like even really early on in the show ed kind of addresses this and he's kind of like i we didn't do anything from the time that we were on tour last time till till now we were just kind of waiting for this so uh yeah i i got i got nothing else i had the bootlegs and i had that i I think we got a bootleg to get into now why don't we why don't we just let the show begin and since it's 2000 of the girl is obviously the opener when you think of the year 2000 when you think of binaural tour
Princess of the Girl, and this is one that we've actually, it seems like we've, we've talked about it a lot on the show recently, we've done a lot of Of the Girl shows, which is cool, but this one, like, right from the beginning, Mike jumps out, just sending lightning bolts through the song, it sounds really, really good, a great way to start. Yeah, I have a feeling we're going to be talking about Mike a lot at this show. Yeah. Just from the songs, the song choices, and, and kind of everything that you see here, like, it's it's kind of difficult to look at the set and say, ah, nothing as it seems in the middle of the set, followed by Give and Fly. How do you not talk about Mike and all this? There's going to be a lot of Mike moments, but also I, I, I think it's a really good camera show, too. And, mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot to be said for the this era, especially the second leg of 2000, how great the drums are mixed in. Uh, there's another show that I listened to, Albuquerque, that kind of happened a little bit later on on this leg, and uh, Cameron was just a machine. This reminds me of that show a lot. So, yeah, they they definitely made a lot of improvements in the mixing and the sound from the year. For sure, like, yeah. these these sound a lot better than those do. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yeah. We dig right into Corduroy, and like Mike again is the story here. Uh, the, the corduroy solo is tremendous. It's something that they haven't really done in, in that fashion before. It's something that that you almost never have. We never heard it before, and we almost never hear it again. I don't think it's it's really just deconstructed. He just breaks it down, and something kind of. Like I think I wrote in the review it's something imaginative and melodic. It it seems like it kind of goes against the grain of what the song is, without you know without being awkward and kind of jarring. It's it's just a completely different way to think about it, and and he just like he probably just you know, during the time off he had, just, like, sat down with it and, like, hey, like, how can I do something completely different here that still works? And, yeah, it's really interesting. It's it's something he does a lot. I mean, he does it with even flow almost every night. Well, I, and, I'm glad know. that you said that because I, I, I was kind of thinking in this, the one thing that I wrote that was actually something of substance was that it was channeling even flow energy for Corduroy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a little bit. It's something that you you know would have been interesting to see if he had he would keep up and and keep doing it. You know the corduroy, corduroy now is a little more by the numbers. We don't get as many. You know it's you know ever since two thousand the last few years two thousand fourteen two thousand sixteen it's it's got that new call and response part. So 
you know, Mike has a couple of chances to go off, but it, this is, yeah, this is something really unique and really interesting for, for, for a corduroy solo. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Fun. Yeah, definitely. Like, I, I think this was one that you suggested was kind of the reason why we did this show because this version was really good. And yeah. I think you suggested it for my playlist. I added it on cause I needed a good solid corduroy that didn't have some, Ed speech at the end of it that I wanted to cut off. So this one, this one worked in that aspect, but, uh, corduroy gets you into whipping and drums are just pounding on this version of whipping. It's kind of a scorcher. Uh, the verses get swapped. I don't know how often that happens, but it felt kind of, it almost felt deliberate in a way. It felt like it wasn't an accident. Yeah. I wonder if he just, you know, just got ahead of himself and and started doing it and was like oh well okay right just go with it you know what can you do so yeah i mean it it works it it, you know it's nothing wrong with it it's just it's a little awkward at first but then you're like oh okay no no big deal right you're kind of like okay is the song about to end when he's like i don't mean to push on being like no it's not but that's kind of your your tipping point of the song that's kind of when you start to to break it down but uh they just kind of keep going with it and it's it sounds great and i even think too it might have been because we we should mention stone has a lot of equipment problems at the show yeah we should mention that and i think it it may have been something where i think there was one song where he changes guitars like a couple of different times it might have been something where ed was kind of like paying more attention to what was happening with stone than actually remembering the lyrics and just got mixed up right yeah, because that, it's right after this that there's kind of a delay right that makes a lot of sense i want to say that song is pilot but uh we'll we'll kind of talk it out we'll see when we get to it uh but yeah, right away, I mean, I'm sure that this wasn't in the game plan. You had Of the Girl Corduroy Whipping, and your next three are going to be Grievance Animal God's Dice. You would think that that would be your six out of the gate, or at least the first five, and then maybe pause in the God, God's Dice. But uh, no, they got to address the crowd here because Stone is having some first night of the tour issues, uh, so to speak. And this is where he says it's a bit strange to be surrounded by so many people, so many good people, and uh, saying that it's the first show of the last leg of, and he mentions, he says, the last tour, which is, I'm sure a lot of people listen to that. They're like, what? what? Last tour? <laughs> Obviously, there's nothing yeah, to be read yeah. into that, but I'm sure they were, there were people that went on the boards afterwards that are like, you said last tour, they're, they're breaking up. Yep. Yep. So. Uh, but during the three weeks off, the only thing that he did was a little dinner party. Uh, a few people came over, but it was nothing like this. Stone's equipment is having jitters on the first night, but his hair looks great. Between the hair and the pants, I could fuck him. Must be lonely. They, they did. You know, it gets gets lonely on those buses, man. That's true. That's true. You yeah. never know. Like, uh, they're not they're not they, writing songs on the bus anymore. They, they weren't bringing the families along at this point. That's true. That's true. And I, I, I think this is Ed's in-between families at this point. So, uh, but I don't know if you noticed, this happened a couple of times. There's an audible Larry chant for a guy named Larry. Yeah. So, Larry, if you're out there. Way to go! You made it on the bootleg. That's that's how you know you've made it. Uh, uh, must be lonely, but um. Yeah, I was trying to think if there was like a famous Larry from from Montreal. I mean, if it had been if it had been in Indiana, obviously we would have uh, or Boston, we would have known Larry sure, Bird. But sure, yeah, no. 
I'm going to guess that it was probably that guy's like bachelor party or something like that. And he was with eight or nine of his buddies and they were just like, Hey, Larry, Larry. And that's what happened. So happened to be by the microphones. Yeah, exactly. So if, if you are Larry or you were with Larry or remember, then uh, maybe hit us up live on four legs podcast at gmail.com where the detective crew is always on the case on this, <laughs> uh, which, which by the way, I need to bring this up. Uh, and so, somebody reached out and they said, I, I kind of teased the Buffalo episode and I said, Hey, uh, you know, Randy's coming on to, to talk about how he got a song dedicated to him from holding up a sign. And the guy that reached out, his name is Steve. He said, Oh, that, that was my friend. Did you have my friend on your show? I'm like, what? No, no, we had we had Randy Morgan on 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 the show, and he he said that he showed me his ticket stub, and he said him and his friend were in the same section, a couple rows back away from from uh, Randy, and uh, they had a faithful sign too. So huh. for this whole time, they thought, and, and I told them, I'm like, look, don't let this bog your memories i told both sides like let the memories speak for themselves like like you have this don't don't let it ruin anything and both sides are like oh yeah no it was to me it was to me uh but i just think it's interesting they were in the same section holding up the sign for the same song and they both kind of had the same euphoric celebratory moment uh how often are you gonna have something like that so yeah good on both of them yeah absolutely yeah, some some synergy there. I like that. Right, right, right. And hey, now the next Buffalo show, get those get those fans together and just hold up a big faithful sign and say, just kind of point down at them and and uh, and make it a thing. I don't know. <laughs> so yeah, and that goes to say too, if you really want to hear a song, get everyone around you to make signs too. The more the more signs, the better the chance. Oh, of course, yeah. That that led me. I, I was actually thinking that maybe Ed saw both. Who knows? Maybe. But, I just figured I'd bring it up because, again, the the detective agency, our doors are always open. When you have something that happens in a bootleg that you just don't know whether or not what where what that story came from, sometimes it's more interesting than the performances, uh, especially when you have a guest on that's talking about it. So, if you if you ever have one, live on fourlegspodcast at gmail dot com. Just hit us up. We're always willing to tell the stories. Anyway. Back to back to the rock, uh, grievance animal God's dice. The lack of Stone's guitar kind of made for an interesting version of grievance. It it kind of cuts in and out a little bit, but when it cuts out, you kind of lose a little bit of that melody in the song. But it was kind of interesting because it just sounded a little bit raw. What'd you think of that? Yeah, it was interesting. Yeah, you, you take you take Stone away, and you do like I said, you lose kind of that groove and that swing to it. You know, he, he's such an important part of the sound. But Mike is no slouch. Like he can, of he course. can definitely, he can definitely hold it up. Right. So and Ed's yeah, it was playing on the song a, too. Right. It's definitely a different sounding version. And yeah, just I mean, not not something I'll probably go back to because yeah, you want it doesn't didn't sound kind of as full. Didn't have that like really heavy like punch to it like you expect events to have. Um. So yeah, it was it was interesting for that, but then again, Mike on on Animal just 
destroys Mike again. is fantastic on that yeah. it's that screech that screech that his guitar yeah. can just oh that that's beautiful oh and, and it's come it, it'll come back it'll come back a couple of times in the show oh, yeah. so uh but like I mentioned before Matt is quietly having a very good show he's just the backbone of all this he's driving the pace all credit goes out to Cameron for that um hey we haven't done a song appreciation in a little while. Do you want to make it God's Dice? Uh, yeah, we could do that. This is one that should be more of a sought-after song. It should be one that like people can kind of rock out to. It's not really a sing-along, but it's kind of you just kind of bob your head along to it, and, and uh, it fits in the early part of the set. Really well. Absolutely. Yeah, you think of something like "Save You" or "Hail Hail," or it fits right in with those songs. And sure, I think if they had, if they had left the title as "God's Balls," it probably would have been a little more popular. Oh, of but course. It is what it is. Um, yeah, I think it's. I think it's great. It's. I, it. It might be one of my top two or three on binaural, actually. Really? Yeah, All Light Years obviously number one. But yeah, God's Dice is up there with like Sleight of Hand and Insignificance. It's right there. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I don't. I don't know where I would put it on my favorite. I would. I would say like right smack dab in the middle. And a lot of those binaural songs to me, like I, you know, the album itself is always going to be and maybe not anymore but for a long time it was it was a little bit more difficult to listen because of the track listing and uh some of the recording techniques but uh like anytime that you listen to something just kind of isolated from the rest of the album you're like damn that's freaking awesome and god's nice is one of those songs that definitely if you listen to it outside the album it makes more of an impact than on yeah i think it should have opened that record the way it starts out it just it starts and you're in it right from the beginning. There's no long intro like right. Break or Fall is Break or Fall is great, nothing against it, but I would have loved to see God's Dice open that record. Was that your pick when we did the binaural uh, episode thing, the retracking? Did was that your pick for that? It might have been. We'll yeah, have to go I back and see. We'll have yeah. to go back and see. But it might have been. You you know, also statistic that shocked me here. More plays all time. God's Dice or Of The Girl? What do you think it is? Ooh, aren't they even? Almost. God's I think Dice Of The has, Girl has... God's Dice have, has five more plays. Oh, And at the time, Of The Girl was at 19 and God's Dice was at 18. Yeah. All statistics, wow. by the way, are brought to you by LiveFootsteps.org. <laughs> Of course, like, I know it makes us seem like some people reach out to us. They're like, whoa, you guys know so much, and uh, I, I don't know anything. I'm like, well, there, there are ways to, 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 to know this stuff. Yeah. We're, yeah. we're 
kind of reading this information and and thankfully dave jantosh has done a fantastic job uh logging all these and recording these numbers and putting it together that we're able to share with you all every single episode so uh that's how that's how we get smart other people make us smart it's it's cool going back to it i think god's dice you know it's it's never one that that went away for a long time it always just kind of pops up every Every 20, 30, 40 shows, they'll once or twice a tour, it'll just pop up. It's yeah. like they've never they've never completely forgotten about it. It's not like a like a worldwide suicide or something, but right. yeah, it's it's interesting. I, I would I would love to hear them play it someday. Last decade, 2010 once, 2011 twice, 2012 once, 2013 once, 2014 twice, 2016 three times. You're adding in the actual binaural show in Toronto in 2018 once. So, yeah, it's always going to have just that that one time. And, And these shows that they're at, they're not like the most popular of the tour. They're kind of. Yeah. Some of the tweeners, some of the ones that maybe are a little bit under the radar. So, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting to point out. Uh, All right. Ed mentions the presidential debate that was on the prior night and said it was so boring and it was good to get out of the godforsaken country for a few days. If little Georgie becomes president, we may have to move up here north. I I mean, how many times has has he mentioned that in a show, whether it's with Bush, whether it's with Trump, like, hey, we're going to have to move up here if things get worse. It's just it feels like there's a running cycle of all that. So. Uh, he mentions we can see the the look of emptiness in their eyes as they tried to talk about issues that no one cared about. Uh, that brings me back to the SNL skit that everybody knows, strategery and lockbox, uh, the the one word that defines their campaign. Uh, but uh, Ed said it reminded him of the the title of the next song, which is nothing as it seems. So, um, Mike McCready. Ooh. He's he is obviously a force in this song, but w- what was what was it about this version that made it stand out? Yeah, it's again, it's just like he has this way of just like infusing the songs with just electricity. And you know, I'm not you know, Lightning Bolt is obviously the name of the album that would come out later, but at this point, it's just he's just like just sending jolts through these songs and just like shockwaves throughout it's and just when you get comfortable like because now you think of you know and again like nothing as it seems kind of you know we can talk about the pedal the original pedal and all that but it's here it's you know it's in the even flow spot so this is going to be your your mccready section just it's it's not jarring but it's it's enough to to kind of make you sit up and take notice it's it's a really interesting solo and like we can, you know, it'd be interesting to, to talk about this song again. I, you know, every time we talk about something interesting, as I'm like, ooh, let's do it for an evolution episode. But you know, because we, we have the demo of this one, you know, Jeff's demo on that right, on the PJ20 right. soundtrack, and I think yeah, the story is like, yeah, they they were in the studio and it was like, hey, Mike, well, you know, what what can you do for this? You know, that this is this is made for you. So yeah, it's it's just one of his one of his iconic things, and yeah, it's. I love listening to these 2000 versions. It's like when we were going through and doing the the deep reviews, it was like every show from 2000, we're like, oh, great, nothing as it seems. Great, nothing as it seems. Another one. Here's another one. It's it's one of the standout songs of this year. Yeah, the column that says uh, uh, standouts, it, pretty much everyone you do will have nothing as it seems on. It's, it's yeah. crazy. It's, 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 it's everything that's good about Evenflow plus everything that's good about Black. 
Wow, that's that's a quote right there. I like yeah. that. That's yeah. interesting. nothing as it seems is he's he's just going for it every single time this year it's 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 a highlight at every show like i said and you know who likes it the crowd in montreal does because it gets a monster ovation from the crowd afterwards and that's interesting to note because this crowd is very good at this show i don't know if it's like hey we're starting on mixing a a new set of bootlegs here and let's kind of intertwine uh the crowd sound a little bit but the crowd sounds excellent there are some songs where the crowd really just peaks uh but obviously we start linear here so we'll get to those when we get to those and right now we're at the section where we hit given a fly wish list and uh, another yield song pilot after these two but these two here i mean like this is exactly what you want with both of these songs but i i I thought that at the end of Given a Fly, I thought that there was some room where they could have jammed on it a little more. I was I, I was hoping that they would. I didn't know if you yeah. I don't know if you caught that. Oh, I'm I'm always I'm always looking for that. You know, give me give me something, somebody to let loose on something and really, you know, show their show what they can do with it. But yeah, Given a Fly, you know, it's and it's it's more of a of the pace of Given a Fly that that people seem to like. It hadn't been kind of sped up like it has in the the last 15 you know 10 15 years so right yeah it sounded really good and you and you know you mentioned cameron before like cameron on this again very very good excellent yep and it's funny because a lot of people will use that same complaint that the song gets faster because of cameron but cameron is the one that's that's the driving force on this i absolutely agree with that and it sounds just as good as the original uh funny quip on wishlist for getting the the lyrics a little bit i wish i were what was the verb to trust i hope i didn't just let you down that was before he missed i think the camaro hood uh lyric i can't remember which one it was but uh there's another show I, th- I think going back to the New Mexico show, that was one that, that I wrote for this, I, where Ed just in his improv at the end is, is like, I wish I knew the words to the song. And uh, I, I don't I don't know if that's a normal thing for him with Wishless at the time. We're going to have to kind of keep our eye on that, yeah, maybe. A little bit. It's tough because any, any song lyrics that have like a list of things like in order. Right you it's easy to get tripped up if because if you forget one then you've thrown everything off sure so yeah that this is one that he he gets tripped up on occasionally yeah i actually you know i i made, I made a point in our discord recently which which go join the discord by the way uh and i said you know some of these songs that they're going to be playing live like never destination and uh, even dance of the clairvoyance to an extent, like they have a lot. They're very wordy. Like this was a very wordy record in Gigaton. So it'd be very interesting to, to the point where people even brought up that, like, don't be surprised if Ed is using a monitor during this, uh, because of some of those songs. Mm-hmm. I know yeah. it, it makes a lot of people cringe. I know, but I mean, had the, had the lyrics to paradise city on it. 
<laughs> I mean, they're getting to they're getting on the other other half of fifty here. So right. like that's I, I I remember I saw Bruce on the on the River Tour, and granted, like the River's not an album he plays anything off of. So of course it's going to be there. The you know he had the monitor up, but maybe it wasn't. I don't remember. If for the the regular set, the the normal song, so to so to speak, if you had it up, but uh, I mean, a lot of those songs that you would have to think they're it's twenty songs off that album. You can so. do like last week if he needs a fan to come hold the lyrics, I'll volunteer. Yeah, right, exactly. If it comes to that, we'll have we'll have more great things to talk about on this show for sure. Yeah. Uh, all right. So yeah, wishlist had no crazy extended version, no improv. It just kind of ended nicely and we get back to back yield songs. We get pilot and, uh, you know, pilot, this is where stone kind of has his guitar issue a little bit. I, I, I didn't hear at first, like the first minute or so of the song, like after the first chorus, they're like, okay, like they're really ramping it up and this is actually, this sounds fantastic. And then after that, I lose Stone in my ear and you lose that second guitar. And uh, I think this is where he switched guitars the three times. I would have yeah. to, I would have to think. It, it, yeah, I think that's, that's it. There's a good probability that that, because yeah, it's, it's, it's noticeable when he, when he drops out because you're used to, you know, it's, it's that right channel, left channel, Stone's in that right channel. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's especially in a song like this where it's it's not like a big rock song where, you know, you can make up for it with other things. You know, this is more of a kind of a mid-tempo, kind of gets quiet, and then it, it's got those parts where you need that, you need both of those, you know, the melody plays off of it. So yeah, unfortunate, because yeah, like I said, it, it was going really well, and and they, you know, and to their credit, they don't just drop it and, and stop. They, you know, they finish it out. But yeah, I feel I felt bad for Stone. You know, he was frustrated. Yeah, and I feel bad for the song because, like, I wish we could kind of sit here and be like, "Whoa, Pilot is fantastic." And, and you know, at some point in the future, it will be our song appreciation, and we will get into it a little bit more. But uh, yeah, unfortunately, that that just kind of it was the uh, the scapegoat. It was kind of the scapegoat in all this. So, the interesting statistic, if I may go back to the statistic, which I've had a couple on on this on this episode already. Uh, song was only played six times in 1998, and a total of eight in 2000, with four of those coming pre-Roskilde. So, if anybody was uh, yeah. was counting them up. One of those, one of those Jeff songs. It's weird, right? And they don't really know what to do with it. They don't really know where it goes. The crowd at this point, since it's not a very popular live song, they don't really know how to respond to it either. But I like it, and uh, as as long as there's no tech issues, I'm I'm cool with it being in the set. So uh, there was a bit of a pause in between songs. There's a lot to figure out, and we get another chant for Larry again. If you're Larry, if you know Larry, please reach out. And uh, Ed is kind of going to give Stone a rest a few minutes, get his thoughts together. And if you do look at the set list, which there is a written set list, this obviously they're changing off the fly. So they have to decide as a band, all right, what the hell can we do without Stone? So not on the set list is Last Kiss. So that's 
that you know not a very common song for the middle of the set especially in this spot so i I wonder what they're thinking and and there's a really good point to be made after last kiss for how they get out of it and how that's kind of the, the jolt to the show but uh yeah what do you what do you think is is going on on stage during this yeah, I think it's more just, you know, we, we don't want to have, you know, a dead stage for three minutes while while this thing gets taken care of. So, right. you know, let's let's just do something, yeah, off the cuff. Like, that's they're always like, hey, you know, look, who cares? Who cares about the written set list? We don't have to stick to that. Let's just, let's just play something. So, do you think they yeah. have, like, break glass songs where well, they sure. know that they can go to like that? Sure. Yeah, definitely. Especially have, now... The one that comes to my mind is uh, when in Sao Paulo, when when uh, the rain happened in 2015, Ed took it upon himself to uh, bring out the acoustic and do elderly woman acoustic. Yeah. Yep. So that one comes to mind. So I wonder, especially in recent era, if if Ed solo is something that they consider. But Ed, this was this was good for the time, and and I have to throw this in. Ed says the ironic thing about all of this is that Stone was the most excited to play tonight, and now we're going to play a song without him. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, felt like, yeah, felt bad for him. But again, Last Kiss is one of you know, it's easy. Just got the one jangly guitar. Yep. It's not a big rock song, so it's it's you know give him give him a couple minutes. Hey, you know, take your time. We're, we're, we'll be over here when you're ready. Come back. We're, we're good to go. So yeah, I, I like that they can do that, and, and like nobody got frustrated, nobody started yelling, nobody no. stomped off the stage. It was just like, we'll take care of it. We're good. Here's some food for thought about Last Kiss, since we're on the subject. Uh, the song got massive in 1999, and that is kind of around the time where they start recording the binaural record. Do you think the reason for writing the songs the way they did and producing the album the way they did and not really making it as listener friendly to the normal audience do you think it was a reaction to last kiss getting so popular huh i don't know that's i'd have to think about that one because that is you're making some connections there so i'd have to i have to really like research the timeline and and go dig into some interviews and really look at it but yeah my, my first instinct is to say very little if at all but it, I'd have to go back and really dig into it to see because yeah I don't I don't know yeah you, no, and I can't give you a specific example on this but there have been bands that maybe released more of a popular song on an album that wasn't necessarily a, a, a pop a pop album or a top 40 album and then after they released that song the next album would sound exactly like that song if all 12 songs would sound exactly like it so i think it's interesting <coughs> that they, <coughs> i mean nickelback every single song sounded the same for nickelback what are you saying that that nickelback's first album had had different tracks on it i i no, wasn't aware of that no, i'm saying that they you know they were known for rehashing their uh, their hit over and over yeah of course yeah, yeah. absolutely but it, it's it's interesting to see that they didn't capitalize off the popularity of it they just kind of let it yeah. be what it is and uh yeah, i think they just kind of saw it as an anomaly like oh that's interesting like it, we're they're they're over here doing their thing, and all of a sudden this appears out of nowhere. It's like, oh, okay, like we're just over here doing our thing. That that's kind of cool, I guess. Like we're gonna keep doing our thing. So 
it happens again, great. If not, great. And and if you ask Stone, he said he said he'll he'll tell you the most important part of this is that it made two million dollars for Kosovo, and that is obviously what you want to hear and what you want to know about the song. So like it, if anybody has any complaints that that is the one positive to take out of it. So speaking to stone, he laments, good God, please let this work. And it's interesting that right after last kiss, you're getting into a, a song that stone has heavy, heavy involvement in do the evolution. And thank fucking God this works because evolution, this is really where it turns into a different set after this for sure. absolutely a highlight we kind of we get into that mode kind of with even flow and alive and a couple of those other songs that are in every show where we gloss over it a little bit i think evolution can find itself in that mix evolution is a highlight this night 100 definitely definitely it was yeah it was it was great to hear you can almost you can almost hear it through the through the bootleg like the relief on his face absolutely okay now i can finally now i can step up and and get into the show and and do my thing so yeah he was chomping at the bit to to get to these solos it's fantastic and that just elevated ed that just elevated matt the rest of the band fed off of this and really the momentum the momentum transfers perfectly from uh, evolution into this little section right here mfc and improv and then habit Uh, of course if you're if you're Thinking about the 2000 shows, MFC and Habit have been kind of the 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 buddies, the back to back buddies there. But um, it kind of gets an improv in the middle. But MFC, this is another. It's just it just drives and Stone again is making up for all of his lost time by putting a little extra juice on the ending of it. Like fantastic. And then you get into an improv too. The improv. What would you consider it? Because I've read a couple things about just theories of what it could be and. What I will say, it was extremely polished. It sounded like they had rehearsed it. Yeah. The music, I think, especially more than the lyrics. It felt like the lyrics, there were some points where he was kind of feeling it out and, yeah. and trying some things. But, yeah, the music, I thought, they, I was like, is you know, could this have been like uh, an outtake from Binaural or something sure. that they, like something like a thunderclap or fullback that had been turned into like a real song that they were just like working on? you know or something that they're you know we know that they're always trying new things like they were probably already you know starting to think about the next album so yeah I, this is it's really kind of ominous and dark and moody like just like that just like the binaural record is so i thought yeah it fit right in i thought it was fantastic really really good
especially the transition into habit, which is another just one that just freaking Matt's driving through it. Ed, his vocals in some of these might have been holding back because he was just kind of fixated on what Stone was doing and what was happening over there. But at this point, he's just he's shattering every ceiling here. You feel that with habit, absolutely. Um, Evolution's the changing point. From that point on, like all of these songs kind of get in that mode where they're in their best element. Absolutely. And and Habits one too, where it's like, okay, and, and MFC two, you know, another great solo in MFC. And it's like those two, it's kind of like, okay, we're we're back on track now. Like let's ramp this up, like off of Evolution. Like we've got some momentum now. These are let's bust out some fast ones and get back into this. Yeah. Uh, the speaking as a, it's speaking to anyone with a moment. So after that, those, those Canadians, of course, yep, that is a that is a throwback to Hockey Town right there. And boy, the the, the ending on this is just it's a house of fire. Uh, you just give Matt a lot of credit on these 2,000 performances of Habit. This is right in the sweet spot of this song. Uh, obviously, ni- 1996, it sounded good then too, but they kind of after this year I'd say they kind of dropped it a little bit it wasn't as common in a show but uh, 2000 versions of Habit don't sleep on them they're fantastic The crowd here and in Better Man is a really, really good. Another really good crowd moment. Absolutely. Yeah, That that's, uh, you know, going to the end of, end of these songs, Better Man. And then again, in, in Porch, I mean, there's a great crowd moment in Porch that's coming up. But you really feel the crowd on this show. 100 yeah. uh, percent. We'll address a little bit of Ed addressing the crowd in between the two songs and says that there's a guy up front with a Seattle, what 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 did he say? Seattle man? It almost sounded like he said Seattle math, Seattle man. I had no idea. And by, I thought it might have been Mariners, like just him saying Oh, Mariners was it Mariners? Really okay, all right. Yeah. I think you're probably right. He said, what are you trying to tell me? It's too early on the tour to see a Seattle man to make, it'll make us homesick. So uh, yeah. Mariners makes a lot of sense because the Mariners were probably in the playoffs at the time, I would think. So, yeah. Mm, yeah. Or they had just made an an exit, and he was still sad about it. 
Possibly, right? Yeah, the Mariners are <laughs> usually the making Cubs, exits. I don't think we're nowhere near in two thousand. <laughs> no, no, uh, that was probably the Kerry Wood uh, rookie year around then. Mm. But uh, uh, yeah, the Mariners were the super team around that point. I think they had just lost Griffey, but mm. they were they were still good. They're, yeah. I, the next year would be the Ichiro year, and the yeah. year where they won one hundred sixteen games. But um, yeah, now they've turned into a team that gets no hit twice in a year and as a team bats under 200, but that's Ouch. none of my business. Uh, all right, this is very cool. Here's another insane stat for you. Porch and even flow. That's the end of the set. Even flow into porch. They've only been played how many times back-to-back? What's your guess? Ooh, including 91, 92? All, every year. Yeah. All 30. Uh, I'm going to say 13. It's five. Whew. And this would be the last yeah. instance on record. Yeah. So, uh, but, I mean, back-to-back, these these are killers back-to-back. Like, it's everything that you ask for. This was this was 2000, man. The end of these main sets, if you, you know, if people go back and if you go in through the deep side and you're looking at these set lists, the main set they were they were bringing out heavy hitters for the end of these main sets every night like this right they would kind of let and and you'll see it especially in this set they'll kind of let other songs that usually don't have that spotlight like the end of the encore one is leaving here that's not usually a set ender uh break break or fall they've used that to kind of end sets at this point like i I thought it was very interesting that they kind of they waste three, and I don't want to use the word waste, but they, they use utilize three hits here, and the the encore that's going to come up is going to be, you know, more your, your crowd favorites, less radio songs. So it's interesting that they did that. Yeah, it is. And, like, the the encores, too, you know, a lot of them were just kind of jumbled up. Like, it, you think it'd be, oh, we're going to do a we're gonna do a couple of acoustic ones, and then we're going to, like like they do now, but this was they were all jumbled up it was just like just like a main set like you never knew what they were going to play next it was they they hadn't quite hit that formula of it yet so it was it was you know these encores are all over the place which is cool it's just a kind of a continuation but yeah i think it's they were really hitting that end of the main set like let's let's end on a high note let's end with the crowd going so that we can we can get everybody in a good mood you know going into that encore and like you know you would never get better man even flow porch back to back to back much no. less you know even much less even flow and porch throw a better man in that three you know I, i'm not even going to check that that's that's yeah. the only time it's happened i'm yeah. 100% sure about that yeah and this is and this is hashtag fast porch as well we haven't talked about that in a while no we haven't yeah this porch is is fantastic uh, there's more things going on here uh just matt setting the pace for mike working off each other really well stone is working off mike really well this kind of melodic piece to accompany what mike is doing um and then you you think like okay they're just gonna go right back into the chorus but ed is is ramping up the crowd participation here
advanced level, you know, graduate level call and response here. And the crowd yeah. says that it's really, really good. Fantastic. I, I don't know if Porch had this kind of call and response in 2000. It was Not rare. consistently, they, they, right? And again, they, they weren't playing it that often. It, this, this Porch wasn't an every night type of thing. Right. Right. It was kind of mixed in a little bit more. Yeah. But... I don't. I have no idea where I'd started to, to, to do this. Around this time, it might have you know might have been around this time because you know we we've talked about you know all those early '90s versions where you had your you know 10 minute and 12 minute versions, and then with Jack they kind of reined it in a little bit. Mm-hmm. And now I think with Cameron they realized oh we can we, this is going to be one we can push again. So it was right at the end of '98 and then going into 2000. I think that's when you, you start to see more of this. Do you think, and this could be, you know, this could be just a passing thought, but do you think that after Ross killed, they made more of an effort to do kind of fan servicey things like this and kind of connect with the crowd just to have these moments with them and make them feel as part of the show? And I'm not saying that they never did that prior to, to the incident, but yeah. maybe they did it more afterwards. Well, I think it, it might be more that, they just mean more now like okay we we notice them more and we we kind of you kind of grab at them you you want to hold on to them a little more than you did before because you kind of know like what could happen and like what they've been through so i think it's more that we're we're taking more notice of them and yeah i think i think there's there's something to that because yeah it's it's definitely we're we're hitting on a lot of them and, and you know you can go up and down this tour and think of them but that's that's all done with the knowledge of everything that happened so yeah you're going to want to gravitate towards those and you know we haven't done virginia beach on the show but when we do that that's all we're going to talk about oh yeah absolutely yep uh there's there's i i you know that 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 one's that one's tough because i don't know it has to be kind of the right moment obviously last year would have probably been the best year if we weren't doing that uh uh, you know the the country if we weren't doing the tour mm-hmm. around the world that would have been mm-hmm. the best time because it would have been a 20th anniversary but hey let's let's see if we can make it to the 20 25th anniversary of that and uh maybe maybe that's the time for it or who, who knows who knows maybe and here's here's a passing thought for you but we're at the encore here mm-hmm. how about every time we talk about the encore we pause for station identification and talk a little bit about patreon and that's one well, of the things yeah, well, I was gonna say if, show. if there was if there was someone out there who was thinking about becoming a a Gigaleg patron or Horizon mm. Lake patron, that might be one that they they could throw in, and and we might get to it a little sooner. Exactly. Yep. That, that it kind of pushes itself uh, to the front of the line. There, you saw Randy yeah. last week. Yeah. You got the the Buffalo two thousand three show. That that was probably on our radar, but again, that gets pushed up. Virginia Beach is on our radar. We obviously know about the show. We want to do the show, but since we have a lot of requests and we have a lot of different different shows we want to implement, you know, that that's how that's how we make the priorities here. It's through Patreon, it's through the Giggle Leg, it's through the Horizon Leg. And also it's the bonus leg people too. Like the bonus leg people will request stuff too. And, and we'll never say no to, to, to anybody. So uh, what we will say here is that patreon.com slash live on four legs or live on four legs on the Patreon app. If you want to join, 
it is a dollar a month. It is $5 a month. It is $10 a month. Whatever tier you decide to join, you're part of the team. We treat you no differently. And, uh, it's just for all the extra content that that's what you're getting. And, uh, look, if you like the show, why not like more of it? it it's all there. It's all fantastic. Um, however, you know, there, there was, there was a thing. There was a thing that happened and let's address because we made this big deal a couple weeks ago about hitting the hundred patron mark. And, uh, we, we made a promise and that promise was that we were going to do throw a party and, uh, we are making good on that promise. You guys, we, we picked out a date. The date is going to be June 17th and we got a band. We're going to have some guests and we're going to potentially Potentially, I I can see it happening. We're going to reveal the concertpedia that we've been working on. I'm very excited about that. John, you're very excited about that. We've both been, and everybody's been working really, really hard on it that's been writing or working on the website stuff. So uh, that's going to happen on June 17th. Yeah, I'm I'm super excited. And, you know, it it might even be something where we we just make that you know, content available for the people who are on the, on the call that night. Like we might just open up for a little while and might save the, the full release of it for a few days later. So you might be, might be worth going for like a little sneak preview. We got to work yeah. out some of the details, but yeah, I think it'll be from, from what we've got lined up, it'll, it'll definitely be worth your time. I hope people can, can mark that date down and, and plan on joining us that night. And let's just address this, that this is open to everybody. This is just, this isn't open to just patrons. It was just the Patreon. We made the Patreon think a goal to hit as a benchmark for us to say, Hey, all right, we're throwing a party for you guys because you helped us reach a goal. Uh, but this is open for everybody, whether you're a patron, you're a non-patron, doesn't matter. Come, come celebrate with us. Come join with us. This is, you know, we kind of did the same thing around Christmas time. It'll kind of be like the, I guess, I don't know, like summer vacation version of what we did for Christmas where there won't be any gift exchange or anything like that, but there's going to be a band. And, uh, it, if, if you were there last time, you know how, how much fun it was. We intend on doing the same thing again. So June 17th, you guys, that's the date. Yep. Should be a lot of fun. And we'll, you know, we'll have more information kind of as we get closer to it yep. as far as, you know, some of the details. And, but yeah, you'll definitely want to be, want to stay tuned for more information about that. That's it. Yep. Only a couple of weeks, only a couple of weeks. And then, uh, only a couple of weeks until I kind of bow out for a little bit. So John, you'll have some guests coming on the show. Yeah. Yeah. And, we'll talk uh, about that too. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's, that's not for now. That's for later. We'll get back into now. Let's get back into the rock. Ed points out the expensive seats, says it's unbelievable. Thanks for everybody in the back. How nice have you guys been? We don't know when we're going to be back here, so we might as well play a little bit longer. And uh, that gets in a really, really great version of Offbeat Goes. I thought this was fantastic. And um, again, it's, it's just kind of like it's just a pace setter. And then Mike kind of gets a, a moment to go off. But really the moment in this song, and I don't know if I realize it live, until maybe listening to this but it's just that when the kind of the dust settles a little bit in it and you kind of isolate to get Ed's vocals and then you build off of that and kind of ramp up into the end of the songs that's the best part of the song and that's the highlight of this version Nothing's changed but the surrounding bull 
Yeah, I like that. And it gets yeah, when the song kind of like, like I said, we talk about sometimes where it's got that surge. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes in, in Daughter or in Given to Fly or in Even Flow, where like you feel the band kind of like almost lean forward, like, okay, we're we're going to push this a little bit. And, and Off He Goes obviously is not like, a, it's not like a fast rock song that's, that's going to have something like that. But it can still have, you know, it can still have a surge. You can still kind of, fe- when everybody's feeling it and everybody can kind of like, get into a groove on it then yeah it, it it's it's like it's low-key really melodic and really kind of pretty and it's one of my favorite songs on no code which means it's one of my favorite songs period <laughs> so yeah i i love this i i'm right with you i thought it was very very good and a and a great way to kind of cool down after that like heavy better man even flow porch ending like okay let's let's calm down for a second really really good good way to start off the encore here and the crowd reacts really well to it after afterwards the crowd is just like you can you can just feel everybody in this there's no lack of crowd moments this is absolutely one of them and uh it's wetting your palate a little bit for some of these faster songs that you know obviously i wouldn't call these the more rarer songs but they aren't they aren't the hits these are kind of more of the fan service songs break or fall state of love and trust i got shit the, the visceral growl that's broken out before Breakerfall, that stuff of legends. Yeah. Uh, like, yeah. fantastic. That's, Mike, that's 2000 for you. It just breaks you back into this little group here. State of Love and Trust sounds fantastic, too. Mike is putting a little extra juice on it. I got shit. Not normally an encore song, but worked really well here. So what about this section? What 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 was the one that stood out to you in this? Yeah, it's I Got Shit, I think, is very, very good. I, I Yeah, it's it's kind of like it almost stands out here like, oh, what's this song doing in this encore? Like, mm-hmm. it's surrounded by kind of these... You know, it's, it's bookended by State of Love and Trust and then the, ne- the next one coming up, and those are very, you know, we're very used to hearing those here. But, yeah, I thought it was very, very good. And then it's, 
you know 2000 era it's still got that original kind of bite behind it it's thought it sounded really good yeah and, one of my and, favorite songs again and you're right it, it is it's kind of unconventional because i got shit into elderly woman in an encore that is not and that's a rare occurrence that doesn't happen very often so elderly woman too like it's kind of given you know it's not the last crowd moment that they have but it's giving them kind of one to go off of you know there's not going to be a lot of time left in this but elderly woman extremely anthemic rendition of this song there's no attempts at a call and response but the crowd makes it a point to do their own work on it and that's what makes for the best versions in my opinion of elderly woman when the crowd is able to take it over without ed kind of being like all right you go and and do the whole thing so that this fits in with with, with those kind of versions yeah really really upbeat and like almost i think in, and i never i don't think i've ever made this connection before but almost like a springsteen version of the song that's a that's a really good call yeah never thought of that, that either like you mean you mentioned anthemic and that's like it sometimes they you know sometimes it can be folky and sometimes it can be you know a little more like this a little more rocking and a little more anthemic so yeah it reminded me a little bit of that but yeah very very cool and thanks everybody for making it a pleasurable re-entry onto the long road we weren't expecting this and ed gives a huge shout out to cameron who gets a massive reaction hey ed's on ed's on my page right here like yeah. he, he knows this this is a good match show and uh shouts out stones equipment guy andy who finally got it working and uh the last one that they're gonna play is one that they they stole from the who leaving here with the loss of a live at the time like you have to kind of be experimental a little bit i i, I think leaving here was kind of implemented as the closer a little bit but not, not very often it's kind of Every now and again, it would pop in this spot. It's usually the yeah. song before you end the set, but it works here. I thought I thought it worked really well. Yeah, it's like it's it's kind of a it's kind of a fast one. You know, people people love. You know, everybody gets a solo, so it's a good way to kind of for everybody to kind of have a moment at the end. Here, I've been alive. talk about it a lot but I, it's one of my favorite covers that they do you know sonic producer leaving here stuff like that yeah i think it's great the solos here everybody gets a little taste you get, <laughs> i think it starts i think it starts with with ed and then goes to jeff and then goes to stone and then ed's with like the mic shred which i love i love when yeah. it, everybody else goes bluesy and mike is just like nope tear it apart yeah and they, they'll you know you he's, he bats clean up as you say and like Oh, yeah. you, want, you want your home run hitter batting cleanup. 100%. Yep. Fun version, fitting close to a set that wasn't filled with the hits. It was more the, the main set ended with all the hits. This was kind of like, yeah. And we didn't mention it, sorry, only two songs from 10 at the show right there at the end of that main set. That's right. Yeah. There's no Black. There's no Jeremy. Obviously no Alive. Yeah, that's a, that's a good call. And, and basically, besides release, the rest of them are nowhere to be found in this year. Yeah. So, yeah. 
hey, they if that's if that is your indication that they were not feeling ten at the time, I I I don't know what is, but yeah, during two thousand they were not feeling ten at the time. Uh, second encore, only two songs in this, and and that's usually the case in this year tour. They they would come, they would play like six or seven, and then come back out and and play two. Usually, uh, either rocking in the free world, or sometimes they do soon forget or something along those lines. But this one a little bit different. We get fucking up, and Ed actually is asking for the lights to see everybody, and um, since it was such a good crowd, like it felt like the party atmosphere. I kind of, and I apologize if I left this off the last episode, um, but we had mentioned that there was, in 2003, the party atmosphere was starting to become more of a thing, and it was starting to become kind of the expected thing, but here, it feels like they were making a, making it a point to kind of make the party atmosphere, the ending of the show, sort of be the bookend, and... I don't know if you see that a lot in before this or even on the first leg of 2012. Yeah, because it's you know they weren't really in the mood for celebrating. Right. On that on that first US leg, so yeah, I think this is kind of the point where it's like you want to give and again the the crowd too like the the crowd knows what happened at at Roskill. They 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 understand. So yeah, the the crowd I think is is kind of holding them up a little bit like too like giving them a little extra push like hey we appreciate you thanks for sticking around thanks for coming here thanks for not canceling thanks for not breaking up like it's almost like we got to go to these shows and show that we care you know so i think there's a little bit of that to it too i think especially you know the people that were in the fan club people and you know the the really hardcore people that stuck with them and stuck in it but yeah i think fucking up i think is a little tongue-in-cheek of all you know all the problems that they had at this show i think that might have been a little a little something like change backstage like yeah yeah after after this night we have to play this song that's really your call i didn't even put that together yeah that's funny stone even says like oh i want to dedicate that last one to my amp oh i thought he's an ant (laughs) that makes more sense yeah Yeah, i'm like i didn't know he had an ant in montreal but (laughs) knowing stone i wouldn't put anything past him uh, I, I mean, that's that's a fantastic thought, and uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave you with that. I'm gonna leave you with that home run there because, yep, there was some fucking up in their show, and why not? Uh, Ledbetter closes you out. The tag on the ending of a very good Ledbetter is Jailbreak by Finn Lizzy. Sounds really good. The crowd got really into it, clapping yeah. along with it. Mike's yeah. kind of it sound it sounds like Mike wasn't intending for it to be much of anything. It was just kind of gonna be like a little bit of a snippet. The crowd eggs them on. The crowd makes sure like, okay, give us a little bit more. That's one that, like, you know, if, if you're a, if you're a rock fan, if you're a classic rock fan, you know that song. So, oh, yeah. it's that moment of recognition where, like, yes, like all the people in the crowd, like, awesome, 
So yeah, Thin Lizzy's great. I I think that's silly. and the the first time they'd ever done it. So very cool. Yeah, and Thin Lizzy is not a band that they've really gone back to. It, it is more of a Mike band than ever, anybody else. But yeah. I, I think in Ireland a couple times they did Boys Are Back in Town, but mm-hmm. really not much else. So right. to just to, just to know that okay, a, a band like that, if you have the connection to Thin Lizzy, if you have that connection to them, you can think, all right, that that that's great. That you know they're kind of feeding off the same influences. But your Thin Lizzy doesn't really get the appreciation that Neil or the Who or or some of those other bands that uh, that are the usual suspects in the covers uh, get at these shows. So we've done it. That is a full entire set list. That is 27 songs. Now let's talk about it again. Let's pick our top three. Yeah. I'm going to go The Improv. Fantastic. Uh, I'm going to go Corduroy. The the McCready solo on Corduroy. And then, uh, ooh, tough. Because I'm going to say Do the Evolution Number one, getting Stone back on track. Uh, I want to use my cheat here. I want to use my cheat and say my number one is the you, momentum. You gotta do, oh, you got to do up, down, up, down, left, right, left, right, B.A. <laughs> We're playing Contra. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have, I'm gonna use, I'm gonna use the cheat code, and I'm gonna say that the momentum off of Evolution into mfc improv and habit is all together my number one moment uh but mostly it's driven from do the evolution but i didn't want to leave habit out of anything so uh yeah that that's all that's all a part of this uh you're you and your your game genie over there (laughs) i use game shark i was a playstation (laughs) kid uh i I'm going to say, and that that's number one. I'm going to say number two. Yeah, I would have to think Corduroy's in my in my top three, too. But, however, I think I want to put Porch in my top three. I think I'm going to put Porch as the sure. number two or number three. It doesn't really matter order. We're just talking favorites here, and, and uh, there's there's nothing that, that really trumps the other. Uh, I'm going to say off he goes also makes my top three here. I, th- okay. I think sometimes I, I take it for granted a little bit and kind of don't anticipate some of those big moments, but it does. It is a song where if you do hear it live, like it can ramp up, it can kind of build up to the big spots and kind of build up to the solo and things like that. So you don't think of it that way because it's more of a more mellow song, but this version was a really good example of that. So, uh, okay. all right, let's, uh, let's rate it now. What do you got? Yeah, this is, I mean, this is obviously not one that's going to be in the, in the nine or 10 range. We've been doing a lot of those lately. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, still, I mean, I was, I was kind of in, I was kind of in and around the seven kind of area, listening to it but i think uh i think the crowd i think bumps this up half a point i'm gonna give this one seven and a half that's i'm 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 at like an eight i think i think it kind of passes into an eight and maybe it's just it's just overall enjoyment of the show and overall enjoyment i thought the performances i liked i really liked it's not one of those that i'm not gonna forget some of these performances so yeah I i think i'm uh I think I'm just a, a step above you there. I think I'm at an okay. eight for this. I, I thought this was, this was a perfectly 
good show to to listen to and and enjoy and uh you know not one this wasn't by request this was just one that you kind of picked up through you know selecting some of the the shows through deep so we you know and we decided when we decided to kind of do the years i think i was championing for uh for Boise, I kind of wanted to do Boise a little bit, but that'll that'll be on our radar for a later date. Yeah, but. yeah. Well, we we made some promises to our Canadian listeners that we would get back that, at them. So very true. We we needed to get that done. But yeah, this is one. You know, you guys have. You know, if you've got you got that you got access to deep now, you can go check this out. If you're That's right. if you want something from the binaural era, and you you're kind of sick of all listening to those ten songs like some people do, and you want to hear something a little bit unique, uh, yeah, fire this one up. It won't disappoint. And that's why they did deep like that, so you could get songs like God's Dice and Of the Girl in their prime, and then in Riot Act, get Get Right and All or None and songs like that. So that's exactly why they did it like that, and it was very smart. Okay, next week, obviously, we're still within the deep section here. We're going to do it for two more weeks. We have 2013 that we're going to do next week, 2008 that we're going to do the following week. And next week it's, this is interesting. So we've been doing the hometown series. This would seem like it's kind of a cheat, but this whole entire show is about like kind of being in a home away from home. And it's the Spokane show from 2013. And the reason why it's important is because, obviously, it's in their state of Washington, and Spokane is the second most populous city, so you'd think, oh, you know, of course, why wouldn't they play there, you know, half half a dozen times? Uh, They hadn't played in Spokane, in in the same state that they live in, that they reside in, they hadn't played it since 1993. 20 years. Kind of incredible. And you would think that all the people up there, especially there, there have been shows, Bellingham and a couple other places in the state that they've, they've jumped around the gorge. Um, you would think that people up there would, would, would be pretty mad that, you know, why, why ignore us? Why do that to us? Well, that's why this kind of felt like it was a homecoming of sorts. So we're cheating a little bit. We're going out of chronological order, but that's okay because we want to pay tribute to 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 Deep and, and continue to promote that. So uh, if this is part of the hometown series, why not? I'll allow it. I'm just looking forward to saying Jeremy spoke in class today. Well, that was actually one of the things that <laughs> in 1993, literally there's no information for that show. Aside from Ed said Jeremy spoke and class today, yeah. and, and then they, they played at this one too. They did the same, right? So there will be a lot of that next week. And uh, until then, thanks for tuning into this Montreal episode. If you're if you're uh, if you're up north in Canada, then uh, first of all, be safe and continue uh, abiding by your lockdown rules. And second of all, hope hope you've uh, you've gotten your fill of episodes. Don't know when we'll we'll be back doing your region, but hopefully at some point soon. Uh, I'm looking at you, Calgary. That's same year, 2013. That's a big one. Don't know when, yeah. but it's on our radar. However, it's time for us to say goodbye. This may be the end. We're here, but not for much longer. And although we may be parting ways, I miss you already. I miss you always. Hey, are you just listening to this because you found a link on Reddit or on the Pearl Jam boards and you just thought, hey, this would be my entertainment for the day? Well, if you're not subscribed to us on Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, wherever, wherever you listen to your podcast, why not do it? It's easy. 
you click a button, you subscribe, and then every time our episodes come out on Wednesday, it gives you a little pop-up and tells you, hey, Live and Four Legs has a, an episode out. It won't tell you if it sucks or not, but hey, we'll tell you, we'll tell you ourselves, uh, which, hey, we have a great track, track record of not sucking, so... Uh, <laughs> Um, I don't really know where to go from there, but if you do, if you don't think it sucks, then rate us five stars on Apple and, and tell, tell the people, tell them, uh, a big shout out goes out to Brock Miller, who left us a really nice comment over there. Really, really nice. And he's, he's, he sent us a a couple of nice emails. So thanks to him. If you want to be like him, leave us a comment and we'll, uh, we'll give you a shout out on the show. How about that? Five stars in the comment. Give you a shout out on the show. All right, that ends it. We'll uh, we'll see you next week. Jeremy Spokane, class next week. Why do I keep fucking up? Mm-hmm.